0: Hello, and welcome to Start By Listening, the podcast about sexual harm. We are centered on educating and empowering our Western Kentucky communities. Our goal is to transform the way we talk about sexual harm. Transformation begins by listening to understand. We talk so you can listen today and change the world tomorrow. well hello there everyone how you guys doing it's jennifer aka the friendly therapist and can you all believe that it is now october oh my gosh where has this month gone i don't have a clue i look up and it was may and i look down and now it's october And I can't tell you how excited I am that it is October because this is one of my favorite months. Um, We begin the fall. We begin to see all the true colors of the trees um, as they begin to let go of their leaves so they can hibernate for the winter. We begin to see the plants wither. And they begin to hibernate for the winter. And I just love all of the symbolism that fall and winter bring with it. And plus cooler temps. I mean, here in Kentucky, we do have the beautiful ability to experience all of the seasons because of um, where we exist in the United States of America. And I just love that... uh, I get to experience all four seasons, and so we're heading into fall, (laughs) y'all. I'm so glad to be here with you all today. As you know, this is season two of Start By Listening, and for the month of October, I decided that we are going to focus on boundaries, and if your nervous system just went it's okay. Um... Raise your hand if setting boundaries is your most favorite thing to do in the whole wide world. (laughs) I'm sure there are some people who did raise their hand. Um, And I'm sure there are many people whose nervous systems did not like the word boundary. So for the first podcast of the month, we're going to dive into exactly what are boundaries. And then in the second episode of the month, we're going to dive into... Well, now that I know what boundaries are, how in the world do I begin to even set a boundary with someone, much less keep that boundary that I've chosen to set with someone? So that's what we're going to be heading into for the month of October. Doesn't that sound awesome? I promise you it's going to be a lot of fun. So... Let's just dive in. I mean, you know, when I first started and became a therapist, I was kind of like, well, I remember learning about boundaries, kind of, sort of, in my master's program of social work, but, you know, I struggled with boundaries in my 20s. I really, really did, and even in my early 30s. And that is mostly because I never remember in my history of education, whether that be formal or informal, anyone ever sitting down with me and really talking about boundaries and talking about the importance of boundaries, why we have boundaries, and just what what they are. So I kind of just was willy-nilly for a long time, and I had this idea in my 20s that being a social worker meant giving of yourself 100% to the bitter end, to your demise, to your expense, Um, because I really didn't have healthy boundaries in my 20s. I didn't know what they were or... That there was even really a word called a boundary so I had to learn the hard way about learning how to take care of myself through setting boundaries and so I'm gonna share a little bit of um, my early happenstance with boundaries in today's program but I'm also just gonna just drop some basic knowledge on you guys because that's what we're doing for season two we're just back to the basics So, when you hear the word boundary, what do you think of? Do you think of a fence? Do you think of a barbed wire fence? Do you think of an electric fence? Do you think of a wall? Um, Do you think of two rooms apart from someone as a boundary? Do you think of a stop sign? or something else. You know, beginning just to think about what a boundary is, is a great place to start. And sometimes talking about the different kinds of boundaries that we have help us to understand what a boundary actually is. And so that's what we're going to do today. So the first type of boundary that I'm going to start with are pretty easy to understand and it's called a physical boundary and the way I like to teach this to kiddos is I love using a hula hoop I mean who does not love a hula hoop right so much fun and so I like to have the kiddos step inside the hula hoop and understand that the hula hoop is their physical space bubble and they get to decide who gets to come inside their space bubble. And sometimes our space bubbles around our bodies are really small and tight. And sometimes our space bubbles around our bodies are really open and wide. And it just depends on the people that we're interacting with. It just depends on perhaps the location of where we are at that time. But physical boundaries are so important because they help us to keep our bodies safe. And so when I begin teaching about what a physical boundary is, using the hula hoop is a great example. We also talk about how our space bubbles in real life are invisible because we just can't see them, but they do exist. And I like to ask, who are you okay with allowing to hug you? That's always a great place to start. I ask this of adult clients and kids too. And people usually have at least one person that they're okay with hugs from. And we talk about why that might feel safe for their nervous system to have a hug from that person. And then we talk about how sometimes our personal space boundaries get wider and get bigger depending on if the person is a stranger depending on what that person maybe smells like or maybe looks like, because sometimes people can be triggers for the trauma that we've experienced. We go all the way out to how big their boundary might be if they're interacting with a stranger. And it's a great beginning example of how to teach what a physical boundary is. A lot of times, too, I like to use the example of a door as a physical boundary. So if the door is closed, that means you really can't go into that space unless you knock first. And if the other side, or excuse me, if the other person on the other side of the door says, come on in, then that gives us permission to cross that boundary and come into a room. But sometimes survivors of sexual assault struggle a little bit with boundaries and that's because their boundaries have been violated by someone that they cared about or somebody that they trusted. And so we kind of have to relearn those boundaries in therapy and we kind of have to learn how do we set those boundaries with other people? How do we even begin to set a boundary maybe with ourselves as well? so, Physical boundaries, doors, fences, our personal space bubbles, Um, having a seat and sitting close to someone. You know, there might be some people who don't like to sit next to another person at the movies or maybe on the school bus uh, because that's just too close. That's not enough of a physical boundary. So giving yourself permission, giving kids permission, To be able to speak about their personal boundaries that are physical and be able to exercise authority um, and autonomy and being able to declare what their personal space physical boundary is, is very, very important. And so that's what we teach kids on how to assert themselves and their boundaries when it comes to their physical space. I'm sure there are examples of other um, physical boundaries as well, um, but those are the ones that I like to use a lot when in session. Fences, walls, doors, and personal space bubbles. Now let's talk about emotional boundaries. And what are emotional boundaries? So emotional boundaries are those types of boundaries that we get to help educate another person on how we want to be treated and What I mean by that is we get to teach people on How they speak to us how they treat us um, and how they interact with us and so an emotional boundary is one that perhaps we might not even know has been violated until it's already been crossed or that's okay. And so emotional boundaries are those boundaries that we get to help somebody understand how we protect our emotional well-being. And so what that looks like is example is the way people begin to speak to us. And so let's say somebody spoke unkindly to you and they said something that was pretty offensive. And you have every right to let that person know that that's not okay that they spoke to you in that way. Or maybe they were calling you a name. Um, It's okay to let them know that that's not the way that you like to be spoken to. And a lot of people call that, uh, I think, maybe sticking up for yourself, um, which is true. And it's also just you're teaching people how to treat you. And so emotional boundaries are so, so important so that we can begin to have people understand the way we want to be talked to. And the way we want to be treated. Because our emotions are important. And the way people treat us is very important. And we get to let people know how to do that. Another kind of a boundary is a sexual boundary. And so a sexual boundary is a boundary that two people talk about and decide on within the confines of a relationship. And it is really important to sit down with somebody and talk about what your sexual boundaries are before engaging in sexual activity. And that is so important because we want to know what the other person enjoys or does not enjoy. For example, what if... A person that you were dating loves to hold hands and it makes them feel loved and cared for and adored and supported but what if they didn't like holding hands in public and what if they only enjoyed holding hands in private but that would be some really important information you would want to know right understanding things that are kind and considerate of the other person are really, really important. Communication needs to be open when talking about sexual boundaries. It needs to be brought into the light. And it's okay to say, gosh, you know, this is really uncomfortable um, or this feels so awkward and I'm not even sure how to say any of the stuff I need to say. Sometimes just putting that out there really helps with alleviating some of those concerns. And so a sexual boundary is simply a boundary that you get to set that protects your needs and protects your sexual sexuality, sexual activity in a really safe way. And it's so important that you're able to talk about these boundaries with another person so that You can fully understand um, what is being asked from the person that you're with and what you are asking from the person that you are with. Another kind of boundary, and uh, this is one that when I was doing some research that I came across, and I was like, oh, wow, this boundary really makes sense. I'm like, hmm, this is some good stuff but having boundaries at work. Did you know that most people spend more time at work than they do in their own home? Uh, True story, they do. And so understanding that work boundaries are important and needed. And so this means being able to do valid and meaningful work day to day, and feeling safe and connected in the environment where you work work boundaries are so so important um, because they just help us to do the job that we want to do and they also help us to be um, I would think a good employee and being able to communicate in ways to our supervisors to our co-workers uh, behaviors that we are willing to engage in and behaviors we are not willing to engage in. Have you ever experienced a boundary violation perhaps of being in a meeting and during this meeting maybe your supervisor or one of your colleagues speaks to you in a tone that is not professional? That is an opportunity for you after the meeting to be able to go and talk to that coworker or your supervisor and talk about the boundary that you feel had been violated and approach them in such a manner so that in the future you can let them know what you expect and what you will tolerate and what you will not tolerate. Also, work boundaries are so important in learning how to maneuver the workplace and learning how to understand the culture of the workplace where you work and it also helps to prepare us to also set those personal boundaries in our life when we set work boundaries because those are so important. Another kind of boundaries that we can display and that we can have our boundaries surrounding our personal effects? Um, raise your hand if you've ever loaned something to a friend and you never got it back. Yep. Now, keep your hand raised if you never said anything to that person. Wow, sometimes we don't want to ask for something back for various reasons. Maybe we're f- afraid that it might hurt the friendship. Maybe we're thinking, oh, that person is so busy. Maybe one day they'll just remember. Maybe we just don't want to bother someone. But our personal effects, those things that we hold near and dear to our hearts, like books, um, if you're a kid, toys. um, If you're adult, maybe it's board games, uh, money, um, things that bring us Pleasure in life, and that we enjoy and that we collect. You know, we have to have boundaries around who can borrow things and who cannot borrow things. Our clothes, that's another uh, personal effect. And so it's okay to tell a friend, no, sorry, you can't borrow that, or that makes me uncomfortable to loan money, or I feel uncomfortable loaning out books. It's okay to assert your boundaries. It's okay to to know that you don't have to share everything that you have in your life with someone else. You get to decide how big your boundaries are and you get to decide who you have boundaries with and even maybe perhaps who you choose to have more strict or more fluid boundaries with. And so know that having boundaries surrounding your personal effects is really important. I will never forget (laughs) the time I was in college and um, I was a freshman and I was blessed enough to have a car. My parents bought me a car at a garage sale and it was an old 1985 Chrysler LeBaron. It was a powder blue grandma car. Um, But my gosh, did that car get me to and from wherever I needed to go. And I remember my parents giving me this car. And one of their rules for giving me the car was I could not let anyone else drive it, only me. That was their boundary. And my roommate at the time, um, she'd asked to borrow my car. And it made me feel so uncomfortable that she was asking to borrow my car and I did not know what to say to her. I didn't know how to respond and a part of me was thinking at the time gosh why is she even asking me this? She should know not to ask me to borrow a car Um, but here she is asking me. I didn't know what to do with that. I really did not know what to do with this. I was 18 years old. Nobody'd ever talked to me about boundaries. So I said, okay, you can borrow my car. And I was worried sick the whole time she had my car. And she came home late that night. Well, the next day, um, I went to the parking lot to go find my car. And it was parked in a um, fire truck zone, you know, like how in front of buildings they'll have those spaces marked off and it says, do not park here. This is for fire. Um, Well, that's where she had parked it. And I got a ticket. And um, I was pretty upset about that because, again, clear boundary violation of the fact that she had parked where she should not have parked. And then I was also kind of getting on to myself for giving her the keys to the car in the first place. So I went to her and I said, look, I got a ticket. I'm not paying this. You parked where you should not have parked. That's on you. She said, no problem. I'll take care of it. Well, about a month later, I get a phone call from my parents. And they were very displeased because the campus security had called them to pay the parking ticket because they were technically the owners of the car. And they wanted to know why their daughter had parked in a no-parking zone. Well, that was a very uncomfortable conversation. And that involved some not-so-great moments of me lying to cover up that I had violated their boundary and their rules. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I was pretty hurt by all of that because my roommate was supposed to have paid the ticket, but she didn't. So I used that opportunity as a crutch for me to go back to my roommate and say, my parents said I could never, ever let anyone else borrow my car or they would take it away from me. Instead of me just asserting my own boundary and saying to her, um, You can't borrow my car anymore because you're not very careful with my personal belongings. Now, I tell that story, and I hope you're laughing because looking back now, I was like, that's pretty funny. But that's a really great example of a boundary violation. And looking back now, as a 46-year-old person, looking back on an 18-year-old person's choices, I, I could easily say to myself, my gosh, why didn't you just say no? Um, and it's not that easy. You know, there are many reasons why people have a hard time setting boundaries. Um, number one, they're afraid. And I was afraid because I didn't know what to do. I'd never been in that situation before. What if I say no? And what if she says, well, fine, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. That was a real fear for me as an 18 year old in a brand new city and a college I'd never been to before trying to make new friends. Um, that was really hard. I was afraid. I also, um, was a huge people pleasing person in my early years. I didn't want to offend anyone. I didn't want to make anyone mad. I didn't want anyone to be upset with me. Um, I, I just really was a huge people pleaser to my detriment at that time and so it's another reason why people don't like to to set boundaries is because people pleasing and another great reason of why people don't even know how to set boundaries because they never learned like where does one even begin to learn about boundaries you know back in my early 20s the internet did not exist there was no google And I didn't know anything about looking for books on how to set a boundary because, to be honest, y'all, I never knew that word existed. I really didn't. And so I think that's why it's so important in the work that we do here at New Beginnings that we educate people on what boundaries are and why we need boundaries. Another really important boundary is our time and what we do with our time because our time is so precious and our time is so important. And so understanding that you get to set boundaries with, with your time and who you spend your time with and how long you spend on something. Now, please know that I understand that sometimes there are work deadlines, etc., that must be met. And you know, I understand that. This is not what I'm talking about with our time. What I mean is, how long are you okay with spending an evening with somebody? What if you made plans, and several days later, it's time to have those plans. Maybe it was going out to coffee with a friend. And maybe it was just a really rough day for you at work or personally, and you just were like, oh, I just don't think I can just be present enough to have conversation with coffee with my friend. Do you have the ability at that point to be able to text your friend or call your friend and say, look, it's been a really rough day and can I have a rain check? Or are you more of an individual who will push through because you've made a commitment? What about... How long you decide to spend with someone for dinner. What if you only have 30 minutes versus what if your whole evening is open? And then how much of your evening do you really want to spend with another person having dinner? These are all interesting questions. It's understanding how you choose to spend your time and whom you choose to spend your time with. And so knowing that your time is a very precious commodity and it's okay to set limits on how much time you spend with family, on how much time you spend with friends, on how much time you spend with coworkers. It's okay to set limits on the amount of time that you spend at work. Um, If your job is from eight to four, that doesn't really mean that you have to work till 4.30 or 5. It means we do the best that we can do with our day and we realize that there's always going to be more work for tomorrow. Understanding that time is such a precious commodity took me a really long time to get. Like out of all the boundaries we've talked about today, The ones that I really struggled with the most were boundaries regarding my personal belongings, boundaries regarding my time, and boundaries in the workplace. Um, Those were some of the hardest lessons that I've learned, and they were also the most valuable lessons that I've learned as well. Learning about boundaries helps to create a sense of understanding of how we maneuver this world. Learning about boundaries helps us to feel safe. It helps us to feel connected. Having boundaries makes us feel safe and connected. Being able to exert our boundaries um, allows us the ability to speak up for ourselves. And we get the opportunity to teach another person how we would like to be treated, how we would like to be talked to, how we would like to be um, just in existence with. Boundaries are kind of like expectations in a way. Um, and when we engage in communication and open dialogue with another person, we get to talk about our boundaries. We get to talk about what our expectations are for that relationship for that moment in time for that activity and boundaries can be really really tight or boundaries can be really really wide and free and sometimes we might start off with a boundary with somebody and our boundary might be really open with that person and through some interactions that boundary might become smaller And we might have more rigid or more strict boundaries with that person and vice versa as well. And you know, that's the great thing about boundaries is that as the person setting them, you get to decide what the rules are for your boundaries and you get to decide how long you keep that boundary and how big or small that boundary is. I think probably that's one of my most favorite things about boundaries and in teaching both kids and adults how to set them, which we'll talk about how learning how to set boundaries in the next podcast at the end of the month. But yeah, when I think about boundaries, having people begin to understand that they have the power and the control to set those boundaries and to keep those boundaries and also understanding that sometimes our ability to set a boundary and to keep a boundary is going to be different day to day based on how we're feeling based on our emotional place in the world based on our physical place in the world Um, and some boundaries are way easier to set Than other boundaries in life Um, for some people it might be easier to set a physical boundary with a stranger than perhaps with their mom I'll never forget I was uh, I was a manager of a residential facility um, in Louisville Kentucky and I was working with adults who had various disabilities and we had one of these open nights where people on the waiting list would come and we'd have activities and games and get to know people on the waiting list who wanted to come live in this facility. And this, this person on the waiting list, who I didn't even know their name, ran up to me and they tried to hug me. And I was totally caught off guard because I didn't even know this person. And so I immediately stepped backwards. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Um, I don't know you. Please don't hug me. And I put my hand out. And this person, I don't think, enjoyed being told no. And she was very upset by my boundary, as was her caregiver. And her caregiver was very exasperated. And she said, oh, my gosh, for goodness sakes, just let her hug you. And I thought at that moment, I had a choice. I could either choose to not make these two people mad, or I could choose to honor what my nervous system and my body needed, which was to feel safe. And this person who was a stranger to me didn't make me feel safe. So in that moment, I said, no, this is my body. And I get to choose who hugs me. And you're a stranger. And I'm not okay with you hugging me. And while it felt very uncomfortable to say that out loud, I knew that is exactly what I needed to do to keep me safe. And it felt good to say that out loud. And not only was I protecting my own nervous system and setting a boundary in real time, but I was also modeling great um, a great way of setting a boundary for the other residents who were watching. And I had several residents come up to me that next week and say, is it okay for me to tell people I don't want to hug them? And I was like, wow, what a powerful moment. And of course I validated them. And I said, absolutely. I said, you don't have to hug anybody in this world that you don't want to, even people that you love. Because sometimes we feel like a hug and sometimes we don't. And that's okay. And so I share that story as another example of how some boundaries are easier to set than others. Um, sometimes it's more difficult to set a boundary with somebody you do know and somebody you care about and somebody you love. Um, I will also remember when I was in college. Oh, this is a great one. Um, this was before cell phones. <laughs> this is way before texting. This is when it was really just landlines. Okay, the cell phones were just beginning to take hold. And, um, I did not live in the same city that my parents did. And I went away to college. And my mom thought it was a great idea to call me on Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. <laughs> Boy, that was a hard boundary to set with her, to let her know that um, it was not okay to call me at 7 a.m. because I also had a roommate, and we were still sleeping at that time. And, you know, being a teenager and being in college, um, especially on the weekends, we we would be up all hours of the night um, and wouldn't get home till 5 or 6 a.m., and that's when I was just going to bed. And that boundary did not set well with my mother um, as she felt um, it was her right to call me whenever she wanted. And so I let her know that was her choice, but I would not be answering the phone. And so the next week she tested the boundary and she called and I let the phone ring and I let the answering machine pick it up. And she left me a not so nice message. And I didn't call her back till that evening. And she was not happy about that. And um, I said, well, that's fine, but I'm still not going to answer the phone. So the next weekend, she called at 7 o'clock again. This time, um, I got a little bit smarter, though. (laughs) I turned off the ringer on the landline phone, and uh, I turned down the volume on the answering machine, so it would not wake us up. Um, And I didn't call her back till that evening. Um, It took a couple of times, and then she finally decided She wasn't going to win that one. And uh, she respected my boundary. And so that's a great example of somebody who does not respect your boundary at first. But they do come to respect that boundary because I held my boundary. Um, I did not give in. I did not cave in. I knew that was an important boundary that I needed to hold. And it was really, really hard because she was my mom. Um, And because I'm a people pleaser back then. And I didn't want to displease anyone. Um, so know that as you're on your journey of learning about boundaries, as you're on your journey of exploring boundaries, um, that they're going to be different for each person that you encounter. And you get to decide how big, how small your boundary is. You get to decide um, to whom this boundary gets placed and you also need to communicate that too in such a way that makes you feel empowered seen heard and validated as your most authentic self and that's the most important thing so I want to leave you um, at the end of this podcast with just beginning to think about what are your boundaries for physical space. What are your emotional boundaries? What are your sexual boundaries? What are your boundaries that you have at work? What are your boundaries with your personal effects and your stuff that you love? What are your boundaries with time and how you spend your time and who you spend your time with? And just start thinking. hmm. Some of you might be like, well, oh, I know what my boundaries are. And some of you might be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that what a boundary was till just now. And both are okay. Remember, we're on this journey together. You're not alone in this. And so, between now and the next time we meet each other in podcast land, I just want you to think about boundaries. And just begin to ask yourself those questions. And then one step further, I want you to think about what are some boundaries that I need to set with some people that I haven't? And what's holding me back from setting those? boundaries? We're going to explore those things next time. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a patron of Standby, or excuse me, Start by Listening. by Listening. I don't know where that came from, y'all. I don't think I've had enough coffee yet today. And I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm so glad that you're on this journey with me. And I can't wait until we get to be together next time. So have a beautiful beginning of October and enjoy yourself. Enjoy this beautiful weather and know that you are brave. You are kind. You are amazing. And you deserve to be heard, to be seen and to be validated for the most amazing person that you are. Love and light. Well, we made it to the end of our episode. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to thank VOCA for funding our podcast. VOCA stands for Victims of Crime Act. This project was supported by Grant, number, VOCA 2020, Green River, 00026, awarded through the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet by the United States Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this publication, program, exhibition are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet or the U.S. Department of Justice. We also want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Seth Hedges of Uriah Wild Media. He is the amazing individual who created the beautiful music for our podcast. We thank you so much, Seth. I'm going to encourage you to go check out his stuff. He's pretty talented and awesome. You can find him at www.uriahwild.com. That's www.u-r-i-a-h-w-i-l-d-e-dot-com. And finally, we want to give a really special shout out to Rodney Newton for being our amazing technical advisor. He has spent several Saturdays and days throughout the week to help us get this podcast up and going. Rodney, you are our captain. And finally, we hope that you'll take something you heard today and change the world tomorrow. Join us next time. On start by listening and as always please remember that new beginnings is here for you to listen or help 24 hours a day just give us a call 1-800-226-7273